This is the MG Car Club Podcast. This week, the story of an iconic heritage MG-related brand that's making a rather special comeback. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello, welcome to another MG Car Club Podcast, episode 60. Hope you're well. Wayne Scott with you. And as it's episode 60, we must say happy birthday and happy anniversary to all of the MG midgets, celebrating, of course, 60 years this year. We will be having a big party for them at the Triumph and MG weekend at the Three Counties Showground in Malvern on the 13th to the 15th of August weekend. If you haven't got your tickets yet, by the way, what's going on? Hurry up. <laughs> it's only two months away, you know. Uh, you can get online and get them now, triumphandmgweekend.com. Uh, at the moment, with COVID restrictions the way they are, this event is going to be a ticket-only event, pre-book only. So for goodness sake, don't miss out. Don't risk it. Don't leave it thinking that we're going to have tickets on the gate for sale and you can leave it to see what the weather's like. We all do it, uh, but this year things might have to be a little bit different, especially if the roadmap gets extended yet further. So at the moment, there are no on-the-gate prices that you'll find when you go to book your tickets because currently it's pre-book only. That may change, but I would say just don't risk it. Get on there and get your tickets booked and ready to go for the Triumph and MG weekend. And more announcements, actually, for the weekend coming up, including an opportunity to rehome your unwanted parts. The event will be featuring a bring-and-buy sale, which is basically your way of selling all of your unwanted spare bits out of the garage, but without having to have like a trade stand or an auto jumble pitch. It's really easy. It's like someone else mans a car boot stand for you. And you can find all the details for this, by the way, on the website now, triumphandmgweekend.com. Everything's explained there on how to list your parts. There is a commission structure and all the commissions that are raised and the admin fees from paying to put your parts on the stand are all going to charity. They're raising money for the air ambulance. So it's all worth doing. So by selling your bits and you getting some money for your bits, you're also helping to donate to charity as well. It's a win-win situation. You can find all the details online at triumphandmgweekend.com. It's right on the homepage there. Just click bring and buy and it'll give you all the details you need. Also, news of a new feature of the show. If you're getting there early Friday morning, then there is an opportunity, as we're in Malvern, of course, to go around the Morgan Factory. And we're having some guided Morgan Factory tours. They last about 20 minutes. They're a real in-depth look behind the scenes. You'll see the craftsmen and women making the cars in front of your very eyes and the tours start at just £26.50. There's three time slots you can choose from. They're limited to 10 people because of COVID restrictions, so make sure you don't miss out. Again, you can book it all online at triumphandmgweekend.com. A reminder, of course, that Concours is still open for entries. There are three categories for MG owners in the Concours d'Elegance at the Triumph and MG weekend. The first one being a celebration of the Zs and the Z register have teamed up with the Young Members Branch to bring a Pride of Ownership show and shine competition for the Zs. There's also a general MG Pride of Ownership and a non-standard concourse. All of the explanation of what rules and where you might fit in are on the concourse pages at triumphandmgweekend.com. Don't be put off by it. Don't be too scared about having your car judged. It really is something that's special to win. 
if you manage it and it's in particular pride of ownership if you've got a great story about something you've done with your car it's a regular user but you just lavish all of your care and attention on it of course we all do then do enter it don't be worried about it give it a go it's all for fun it's great fun triumphandmgweekend.com for all the information on that that's not the only event i need to tell you about because of course we are counting down just under four weeks now until mgf 25 plus one because of course it was 25 years last year but it couldn't run so they're reenacting the 25th anniversary that would have been last year with mgf registers 25 plus one event at the british motor museum gaydon it's july the 24th and you can order your ticket straight from the british motor museum in gaydon on their website all you have to do is go to britishmotormuseum.co.uk Click the events tab there and scroll down to July. July the 24th is the date and you can click on it and order your tickets right away. It's worth doing because the tickets are cheaper when you order them in advance. There's loads of discounts there. You can find out more information on what to expect as well. The special MGFs that are going to be in attendance and some of the guest speakers as well at mgf25.org. Of course, that event organised by the MGF Register of the MG Car Club. Don't miss out on that, just four weeks to go. Get those tickets from the British Motor Museum website now. And looking further ahead, we also have the discount code online for members in the members login area on the MG Car Club website, mgcc.co.uk. You can go on there and get the discount code to make sure that you don't pay full price for the tickets for the NEC Classic Motor Show this November. Yep. We're talking about it already. It just flies by the year, doesn't it? But uh, get yourself that discount code. Make sure you use it because it also helps the MG Car Club to contribute to the show as well. And I haven't given you an update on the MG Car Club shop in some time, so I will do that for you now because the most exciting thing that has come back into stock, and I know it's been really popular because they are really good. Honestly, these are such high quality but such a brilliant price. It's the MG Car Club overalls. Yes, they've been out of stock for a little while, now back in stock and available to buy. So all you have to do to get hold of them is to either look for the link in the description part of the podcast page at mgpodcast.uk, the description of this episode on there, or you can go to shop.mgcc.co.uk and search overalls in the search box there and you'll find them. They're just 30 quid. I've got a pair. They're tough. They're brilliant. You just won't get overalls for this price especially with the MG Car Club badge on them. It's what you need. You'll look proper snazzy in the garage. 30 quid they are. They're back in stock and all the sizes you need. Uh, Always good to order a bigger size, I find, with overalls because especially in the winter, if you have to layer up because it's a bit chilly laying on the garage floor, you need a bit of room to move. So uh, do get sort of the next size up than what you might normally get. All the details you need at shop.mgcc.co.uk the mg car club overalls are back now triumph and mg weekend always attracts lots of traders and specialists from the world of mg but one particular this year exhibiting has revived a heritage brand and an iconic one at that this brand is inextricably linked to motorsport improving its safety over the decades it started with a man called bob ridgard who of course was an mg racer unfortunately bob passed away but his brand his seats 
and the company are in safe hands and we're going to meet the person who's reviving that brand and exhibiting with us at the Triumph and MG weekend in August next on the MG Car Club podcast. The MG Car Club podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centers and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. On this week's podcast, we're telling the story of a very well-known brand to some that has had a huge history within motorsport and within historic vehicles that is having something of a revival. And here to tell us all about that revival is Sam from Ridgard Seats. Hiya, Sam. Hi, how are you? Very good, thanks. Uh, you sound like you've been busy because you have basically been relaunching Ridgard Classic Seats, haven't you? So um, let's start by telling the story for those who might not be familiar with Ridgard where the company began and what its history and what its story is. Well, Ridgard Seats was established in the early 1960s by a guy called Bob Ridgard. Uh, he arrived in the UK from South Africa and he was working with various racing teams um, and he built up a vast knowledge of seat design as the cars became faster and due to cornering speeds and general design improvements. So the seats at that time were just a fiberglass shell with a very unsafe mounting. So Bob Ridgard perfected a steel frame design using a full suspension system for the back of the seat and the base of the seat. He designed the first seat to have safety belt locators the first seat to have shoulder support, and also the first seat to have head support, which are all now universally used. He showed off his seats at various international shows, and that was the start of the company. And he went from strength to strength and uh, showed his seats all around the world at various car shows. Um, if it's, if it's a, not a name familiar to you, um, I think if you just look at the history of it and the legacy uh, that Bob had, um, it, it is all very, very impressive. And I'm delighted to be able to uh, take it forward uh, since the sad passing of Bob. It seems to be a story, Ridgard, inextricably linked, really, to the progression of safety within motorsport. Because as you mentioned there, you know, he's he's come in from South Africa in the 1960s, it, right in the middle of the era where, frankly, if you went racing, you didn't really know whether you were going to come home or not. Yes, indeed. And he was a racer as well. He was racing MGs. He was racing a Chevrolet Camaro uh, in the early 70s. And safety was was just not a word spoken about at the time. Um, so he had, he was very, very passionate. He had a back complaint and he designed his own seat. And uh, they've gone from strength to strength. The whole seat is all about 
full strength, full support, incredible comfort, and uh, the 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 legacy of it. Well, if you read the old clients list, it's like the Hall of Fame of motorsport, really. Les Leston, Jerry Marshall, uh, Gordon Spice, Andy Rouse, John Dooley, Jimmy McRae, Sterling Moss even had a Ridgard seat wrapped around him uh, for racing. So um, I think that client list is really testament, I suppose, to Bob being a racer himself. As you mentioned there, he was uh, racing a Camaro and you can only really get that understanding of firstly how a driver needs to feel when they're at the wheel and also what the safety elements are if you've done it yourself i've done it myself absolutely wayne i started motorsport in 2013 and i had ridgard seats made by bob ridgard in my tr4 my triumph tr4 which i compete in hill climbs and sprints across the country um at the time i had a back complaint Every time I sit in my car and I'm at the red light waiting for it to go green on the track, I have no back pain whatsoever. I will never be without my Ridgard seats in my car. How have you ended up taking control of the Ridgard brand? Bring us up to speed. Okay, so uh, what happened was we uh, have our friends up at uh, TR Enterprises in uh, Nottinghamshire. Um, so we've known them for many, many years um, since we owned a road-going Triumph TR6, which unfortunately was stolen and blown up, and they, that's how we met them. Um, and they had the relationship with Bob Ridgard, um, and uh, they introduced the Ridgard family to us. And uh, Bob's daughters, both Claire and Lucy, um, we met them last year and we had some good, good, meaningful, purposeful uh, discussions for about six months until we signed the paperwork on the 31st of December last year. And this all came off the back of the fact that sadly Bob Rigard passed away, didn't he, fairly recently um, of cancer and that sort of left the business floating in the air in a way. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, he passed away in July 2019. Um, the daughters were both very, very passionate about continuing the company, but they had other interests and did not have the time. So it was just a perfect time for us to, um, to, to work with them and, uh, and, and acquire the business. Um, Claire Ridgard is, is still involved in quality control, so she will check all my seats um, and make sure that there are to her father's and her own standards as well it must be uh, a real sort of realization of a dream for you as well sam because you know you mentioned there you're a racing driver you've spent years competing in club motorsport but now you're able to turn that passion into a job and a business yes exactly so we're so excited to be uh, continuing the company and taking it over and and we've got some great plans for the future and we'd like to as the doors open up after the pandemic we'd like to be present at a lot of classic car shows so the customers future customers can come and see us come and talk to us uh, it's all about what the customer would like their handmade british materials um, you can have uh, whatever uh, materials and colours you like because they are handmade and British built. 
Do you feel a sense of responsibility that you have a brand woven into British motor uh, history? Because, of course, as well as those very famous racing drivers I, I mentioned before, uh, they were also used by works teams as well, in including British Leyland in so many of those iconic British cars that we love. A great sense of responsibility, not only for that historical legacy, but because there's a family tie there as well to the original Ridgard family. Absolutely, and I think it's key there. It's most important uh, to to carry on that. And yes, I do have a responsibility. I am passionate about it. I, I it is at the forefront of my concern, and uh, um, and you know we will do our utmost to 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 make the seats to exacting standards and uh, and to promote um, our business uh, as much as possible because we are we are so passionate about it talk us through how you make those seats in a moment then but first let's just talk about your own motorsport uh, career Sam and uh, what are you doing at the minute where did motor racing start for you how did this all begin how did you get into the driving seat of a racing car oh well that's that's a fun one that one is Wayne because my father met my mother in the 1960s at Brands Hatch, and he <laughs> he was doing a track day there, and my mother was a secretary at Brands Hatch, and that's how they met. So the the inherent love of racing and cars was uh, I, I, you know I was born into it, <laughs> and um, because of that. Um, uh, my father would change his road car every year because he got bored and um, he he was absolutely determined to take me back to school every other weekend in the car and I couldn't go on the train with the pupils. So uh, that that was always, it was always exciting and fun to be around mum and dad who were so, so very much love their cars all sorts of cars um and with that for my love of uh, and my my love of motorsport um it just to be given the opportunity uh in 2013 to partake in the hill climb and sprint championship uh, at the time i thought oh my goodness me i can't do this this is oh this is just not for me and actually, what made it for me on my very first event, which is at Gurston Down near Salisbury, was the people, the, the people, the community, the, the, the companionship and the, the love of all classic cars there at that event. Um, so I've never looked back. <laughs> Fantastic. And it's great, you know, because uh, we talk to a lot of blokes who are racing cars and, yeah, there's lots of them out there, but it always seems still special when we get to have a woman on talking about her love for motorsports do you think the appeal <laughs> is widening now well i really do hope so um i think there are you know i would love to say that there are more and more women coming into motorsport um i don't know the figures at the moment myself um but i would really hope you know with with things like this and um advertising and podcasts etc i just hope that the word spreads around really quickly because it's not it's not frightening it's not scary you're you're in control of the car and it's really great fun 
Well, we were talking about just this very subject on the episode last week, and the question I asked them, which I'll ask to you as well, was what do you think the barriers are that might prevent especially young women coming into the sport, and what do we need to do as a community to break them down? I think for young women, it's it's probably finances, financial uh, support that is required, or, um, you know, uh, hill climb and sprints are the the cheapest form of motorsport um but i think they might you know it would be really great if we could offer a discount um to to, to, for for those young women coming into uh events you know and 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 being interested in it and there's got to be some sort of give and take here to 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 bring more 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 women in Mm. Well, ultimately, the more diverse we make our sport, the more diverse we make the classic car community, the better the chances are of our survival into the future, given the challenging times we now face, isn't it? You know, we need to have, we need to show that we're all encompassing. And, um, you know, the more people we have on board, the better the fight will be. Yes, I agree. When you look at your journey through motorsport and obviously you've come through the club scene if someone came to you and asked you Sam you know I, I, I want to have a go at doing what you're doing and, and they could be of any age what's the first and most important thing that perhaps you didn't do right or that you've learned from that you would pass on to someone coming into motorsport for the first time I think I would uh, if I'm doing it all again I think I would have talked to um, existing competitors um, and and got a feel for each hill climb or each sprint um, a little better and perhaps got a little bit of tuition in a personal instruction that's probably what I would have done and I guess also not pressuring yourself looking at the first season perhaps in a championship as and we always say this about mg car club uh, championships when people come into championship new just sit back learn the tracks just get the mm-hmm. car to the finish really is often the best way of starting don't try and put the pressure on yourself to start winning races straight away absolutely well last year was a point 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 there because i only did two events because of the pandemic and um this year i've started um well not from at square one but you know but i'm 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 not i'm not being too competitive with myself on my times because i only did two events last year so you you have to you have to just give yourself some slack and say it's okay you know we're just going to learn again (laughs) yeah well now you're a motorsport pro of course and you can uh, offer advice to others but the main advice being what do you need to look for in a seat so you know you've built your lovely race car and you obviously now you need to strap yourself into this thing and the seat is the big and natural first point of contact with the car so what do we need to look for when we're buying a seat for our race car well i think you need to look for a seat that is going to give you ultimate strength and support um, and have safety features with it which give exceptional comfort as well. And that is so important. You don't want to be worried about your seat when you're competing or on the road because these seats are uh, 
you know, used in competition and on the road as well. So it, that, that, is, that is very key. That is very key. It's an important part of the communication as well, isn't it, between the driver and the car? Well, what we do is we, we, we make a seat frame from welded tubular steel and then we add the back and the base webbing for the support. Um, and then we cover the seat frame in the most wonderful foam, which is an orthopedic foam. It's a very dense foam. And then our trimmers uh, make the seat covers in either vinyl, cloth, or leather to your specification and fit the seat cover over the, the steel frame with the webbing and the support and the foam as well and with your headrest too and is this this is obviously built to order so you can customize them in the sort of way you see formula one drivers doing i guess where they almost mold the seat to the actual figure and the frame of the driver oh yes yes you can do you can do they need to be what i keep saying to it, people who are phoning me up about them is they need to be snug um you know, you need to feel the whole seat. So it may feel a bit snug to begin with, but um, it, it, is, it is meant to be like that. So, I mean, that's motorsport seats. You also can supply seats for road-going cars as well. Slightly different, I guess, because you've got to get a bit more comfort dialed in there. But it is possible to have a seat that has a sporty feel, but with a bit more sort of daily usability, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So this year we started production of the RS1 and the RS2 seats, which are classic rally seats. Um, and in a few months' time, we'll also be doing the RS4 seat, which is a taller, wider seat, um, which gives uh, a little bit more room um, and a little bit more comfort. Um, but yes, as you say, we, we are making the RS9, which is the competition seat with the shoulder support and the high back. It's interesting, isn't it? Over the period of classic cars changing and becoming more adapted, I guess, to modern driving, you've seen lap belts turn into full inertia real seat belts as people have wanted to feel the sort of safety they feel, I guess, from their modern car in their classic. And few, I guess, would think about the seat, but it's very important from a road car's point of view to, to look at them from a safety aspect as well. And if you look at some of these bucket seats that we have in the early 50s and 60s cars that sort of finish halfway up your back, if you were to get rear-ended, it's a potentially serious situation, isn't it? Absolutely. That's why we have the, the lateral support not only vertical, but we've got the lateral support in the seat um, so that if you get shunted in the, in the side or the rear, you've got that support. And once you've built the frame and it's uh, covered in your lovely orthopaedic foam, obviously then it's the finishing and the trimming. So what are the options there? Well, you can have um, vinyl, you can have uh, leather, um, you can have cloth, uh, you can have a variety of inserts for the seat in different colours. You can have different coloured piping. 
Um, me, for example, I've just redone the covers on my seats and I've chosen black leather with a red Alcantara suede in the inserts of the seats. So they really do stand out, you know, with red piping so, and with the red carpets and the car is red. Um, so it's really going to stand out, you know. Fantastic. But you can have all, all manners of materials. There are hundreds and hundreds of different materials you can have for the for the seats. <laughs> Brilliant. And this is the thing, isn't it? It's really a, a great way of personalising, customising your car as well and stamping your own personality on it, I guess. Absolutely. And they all have the Ridgard logo on them and uh, you can't mistake them. <laughs> And all made and constructed by craftsmen and women in the UK, which is a very important point to note. Absolutely, that's that's important because uh, we we that's what Bob was doing, and that's what we will carry on doing as well. These sort of crafts-based artisan businesses, you know, it's what we do well in the UK, and especially in the historic vehicle community. Um, what are the challenges of running a small, very bespoke business? And and looking at the classic car scene in general, you know, what do you see the future being like? And, and are you positive about the future for a small business such as yourselves? I am positive because I'm so passionate about it. Um, I, I, I love it a bit. Um, I, 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 would, I would happily talk to you and... Uh, try and sell you some seats right now if I could um, I just uh, you know I'm updating the website I'm I'm getting out there I'm spreading the word as much as I can I, I just think the future is bright the future is bright because I'm running the business and I'm I'm so keen and enthusiastic and very driven <laughs> excuse the pun <laughs> and I guess part of it is that you have control over your production process so you also have the ability to bring new talent into the business train people up bring in young apprentices and make sure that those skills and crafts are kept and passed down through generations and that is definitely on my list yeah. to do brilliant well it's a fantastic story of a brand that started way back in the 1960s has developed safety in motorsport just as motorsport itself has had to become a safer way of uh, enjoying racetracks at the weekend and uh, a great testament i think to the legacy really that bob Rigard leaves us with that sam you've taken it on as a motor racing uh, driver as a passionate uh, member of the motorsport community and uh, it's great to see such a brilliant british brand continuing on to the future so thanks for telling us about it where can we find out more now that everyone's sold on these seats and wants a pair where can we find out more to order them Yes, certainly. So my website is www.ridgardseats.co.uk and you'll find all my contact details on there. And we'll put a link to that in the description part of the podcast page, of course. You can click on that and go and find out more about Ridgard Seats. So Sam Brown from Ridgard Seats, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.com dot uk